that time again yet for another monthly Reina panel and you will not be disappointed as we talk about tips for keeping your dinero simple. So don't take out those earbuds. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's dose of money confidence. ¿Qué tal? How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I am thrilled that you are here today. And today is the Thursday of the month where we have our monthly Reina panel. And if you've been following on Instagram, you will notice that this month we have been focusing on keeping money simple. So what I wanted to do, and this is why I do the Reina panels, is because I don't want you to hear things from just from my perspective. I want you to hear things from other women's perspectives or other guests' perspectives which with the Reina panel, I really look for people that maybe have some insights into that month's theme. And I am so happy and so thrilled to have these mujeres on with me today. We have Janice Torres Rodriguez, who is the creator and CEO of delishdelights.com, a food blog that specializes in Latin-inspired recipes. She is a self-taught cook, web designer, photographer, writer, and blogger, and is a first-generation Latina with a graduate degree. While working her way up the corporate ladder, she's also become an expert on topics like running a successful small business online, investing with a purpose, and generating sustainable generational wealth. Now she's sharing her entrepreneurial and financial knowledge through a podcast called Yo Quiero Dinero. It makes me want to sing Yo Quiero Dinero. Anyways, she is passionate about educating women and especially Latinas about the powerful ways that money can be used to manifest the life of your dreams, build a multi-generational legacy, and secure financial freedom and independence. Then we have Judy from Hear Me Finance, who is a money coach, and she helps women and couples become financially free. After paying off $11,000 in credit card debt and $20,000 in other debt, She decided that she wanted to make sure others didn't have to do it alone like she did. She helps women go from broke to financially confident and use their money as a tool to create the life of their dreams. In this episode, we discuss what their financial life looked like before making these simple changes, as well as the change they made, the exact change they made, and how it transformed their lives. And they also share their recommendations on one simple change that you can make right now. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer these reinas of their money. Bienvenidas. I am so excited to have you ladies for yet another reina panel. And today we are talking about keeping money simple. So I am thrilled to have both of you. We're going to have three, but life got in the way, I suppose. And so we're going to kick it off with you, Janice and Judy. And tell us, let's start with, since we're talking about keeping managing our money more simply, let's talk about what your financial life looked like before 
you made changes before you made just the management of money more simple. So let's start off with you, Jenny's. Yeah, so I have always been like a high income earner, which I thank God for that blessing. But with that comes lifestyle inflation, right? And I was a slave to this. So I would make a lot of money, I would get into credit card debt, I would do balance transfers, and then I would pay it off. And then I feel like, yay, I'm done. And then I end up doing the exact same thing. So that was just like, I I had to figure out a way to like, not do that because there was no reason to, you know, it's like, I'm making enough money. Why am I getting into debt? So I really had to start like looking at what I was actually doing. So it's basically repeating of that cycle. So basically you were comfortable with your life and your lifestyle. So therefore, well, I make enough money. It's okay to get into this credit card debt because I'll just pay it off. And then that cycle repeated over and over until you said enough is enough. Enough is enough. Absolutely. It got ridiculous. And I was just like, this has to stop because this is not going to lead to anything productive. Right. And how about you, Judy? So what did life look like before? Yeah. So in my 20s, I became a money coach. But before that, I was a union organizer. And I loved that job. But it was definitely very, very stressful. And I'm from LA and I had moved to Philadelphia. I lived there for seven years doing this work. And I there was a lot of emotional spending and a lot of just not knowing where my money was going, just swiping the car to deal with the stress of my job, the loneliness of being in the city and missing my family and friends. And so just swipe, swipe, swipe. And then I had no idea where the money was going. And before I knew it, in my 20s, I'd racked up 11000 in credit card debt. And I was like, wait, how did this happen? <laughs> no clue how this happened. I was just eating out all the time because I was working long hours. And I had no, I think it was also like this being young and just not knowing how to take care of yourself, not knowing how to be an adult. <laughs> so just like eat out two to three meals a day, to be honest, constantly be at anthropology and Target, especially if I had a bad day at work. <laughs> but you know, you learn and you grow. <laughs> My life is very different now. Awesome. So now tell us, Janice, when was that moment where you said, because you had that moment, enough is enough. And take us back to then. And what did you do to change things to just really because money is overwhelming for a lot of people, right? So what did you do to make things differently and make it simple? Because when we do things simple, we are consistent with. It. Yeah, for sure. So I've never been into like the line by line budgeting. That's just never been something that I can do. I don't have the attention span for it. So I I realized that if I'm going to get control of the situation, I need to find a system that's actually going to work for me. So the first step was obviously just I had to get real with myself. So I was spending a lot of money on travel, on eating out, buying nice things for the house. And I'm like, you know, I started to realize that that stuff wasn't doing anything for me long term, which is getting me into debt. So once I realized that, I'm like, I know that I still love to travel, but I need to be smarter about it. So what can I do to actually allocate funds for that? So I decided to open a bank account specifically for that because before I was just doing the one checking, the one savings, all the savings would go into the one account, all the checking would go into one. And I started realizing I need to like segment this out for the things that actually matter so that when the time comes, I'm not dipping into my emergency fund to take a trip to Aruba because that's just dumb, right? (laughs) So I started making little accounts. I have like seven bank accounts now. So I have one for my rent and my student loans before I had paid those off. And that way I knew that money was always going to be for that purpose. And then I had one for my everyday bills. I had an emergency savings account. I have one for travel. I have one for just 
like holidays and Christmas things. I have a business account. So that way I was, cause I was mixing that up too. And I'm like, when tax time came, I'm like, I don't know what goes to what. So it was just about kind of making that decision that I needed to get more clarity and kind of deep dive into my money and just understand it more and allocate it to its specific task instead of just pulling from the one pot. And that has made a huge difference because now when I can look at my travel account, I can see, hey, do I have enough money to book something right now? If not, then I'm not using money from somewhere else because that money is not for that purpose. I love that because I had that same aha moment, if you will, where everything, it was literally a savings account and a check-in account because that's what we're taught and we don't know any better, but no one says you cannot open other accounts. No one says anything. And then there was those, at that time, there was those apps where you can segment, well, this is this envelope for this. And, and but I'm like, but it's still, I'm looking at my account. <laughs> Like this doesn't, it did for me, so for some people it works fantastic and you have to know what works for you. And then the thought of cash envelopes, I'm like, oh, that's not for me because I am not accountable to cash. If, it, if it's in my wallet, it's, it's going to get spent and <laughs> I'm just like free money. It, it's yep. I, for other people. It's that emotional attachment. Oh, the money's gone. I don't know what it is. I'm weird. I'm strange. But so you just, you really have to know what works for you. I love that. How about you, Judy? Take us back to that moment where you said, I've got to change. And what did you do to change it to make it more simple? Yeah. So, well, I always say that money's a journey. And so I feel like I've had a lot of aha moments. <laughs> but my first one was, so in my 20s, so my younger sister and her husband got jobs working in Japan, teaching English. This was during the recession and they had graduated from college. They had a very hard time finding jobs here. So it was a lot easier to get a job teaching English and a lot better pay. And so they were very, you know, lonely in a new country, missed family. And so my mom and I decided to try to travel. I never traveled overseas, decided to go there for Christmas and spend Christmas with them. And I actually, it's so funny because I still have an email that I had sent my sister where that was the point where I had maxed out my credit card. And so I had to borrow money from my mom, who I was making way more money from, and she barely had any money to be able to afford to go on this trip. And I had to, I literally in the email was telling my sister, you know, I'm coming, but can we, they were planning all these like outings to different foods, restaurants. And I was like, I can't afford to go to any of these restaurants. <laughs> yeah. I barely have any money. And my sister was like, it's okay. We'll cook a lot. Like, and when we do go out, we'll cover it. And that was very hard for me to realize that I couldn't afford a trip to go see family. And I couldn't afford to have a vacation when I made plenty of money. And so what I did at that point, I came back very determined. Honestly, I was a little inspired by my sister because she's a very good cook. She's like uh, Janice <laughs> and I <laughs> am not. I don't like cooking, but I uh, was inspired. She always had a, she lived a, very much learned about the culture in Japan and always had a big thing of rice ready. And so I started doing that. I got a rice cooker when I got home <laughs> and always like had rice and eggs to do a fried egg over the rice with a little bit of sriracha. And what I did, I came home and I immediately went to my credit union that I was had was banking at at the time and got a loan for the amount for my credit card, paid it off very much lower interest rate, and then stopped using the credit card. And would every time I got paid, the first thing I would do would pay a huge chunk to that loan. And then whatever I had left, that's what I could spend. And so that was transformative. And it was amazing how just setting that one little boundary made all the difference. 
And I was able to pay the 11,000 off. I think it was like a year, maybe a year and a half. I wish I had tracked. Now that I'm like a money coach, I'm like, I wish I had all my numbers. <laughs> the time I wasn't tracking anything. <laughs> yeah, there is a time where we went from two incomes to one when we started having kids. And I wish I had tracked at that time. I mean, I just quit my job because it was like, we're having kids. I want to be at home. And somehow we made it work. And I wish I had done <laughs> written down the process. What did we do? Or did we just boom, cold turkey? I, I can't tell anybody. So it's like, I wish I had that story because that would be a fantastic story to tell, but I don't have the details. So yes, I, I hear you. And especially in what I do, I'm like, this would be great to be able to tell you this is what we did. And we did this. And then uh, now I can't tell you because I was like almost, I don't even know, 17 years ago. But yeah. Oh my goodness. So you, right. So it was really creating that, if you will, a habit, just that the, or the making really a firm decision of pain. Yes, exactly. Honestly, it was just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And once I made that decision, and once I just didn't allow myself to swipe the credit card and just would always check my debit, my bank account before I spent the money, it became, it was surprising how simple it was. I was like shocked. I was like, I could have been doing this this whole time. (laughs) So what do you think it was that allowed you to make the decision? Was it because you mentioned there was a lot of emotional spending at that time? Were you still at your high stress level job as a union organizer? I think at that point I had been in the job a couple years, you know, and now that I think about it, I made a couple other decisions because I had been, um, one thing is I realized what was some of the stuff that was causing the emotional spending. And so one of the things is I was living in a studio apartment by myself and that was making me really lonely. Like I'm a people person. And so one of the other things I decided to do was like, I need to live with people. I don't like living by myself. I like coming home and having conversations and having a glass of wine or watching a TV episode with a, with a roommate. And so after that, at that point, I moved in with two other women I just found through Craigslist. And I think it was around similar around that time I joined, I started actually playing roller derby, <laughs> which was, I needed like a community of people. I needed to make friends and that was really helpful for me. And so it was like this, I made this decision. I started playing roller derby and that also helped me. I started eating a little healthier because I was playing roller derby. And so I started eating out less, eat, like eating less. I actually lost weight, paid off my debt, <laughs> like all this stuff started coming together. Because, you know, it's kind of like when you make one choice it may, and then build that as a habit, it makes it easier to add the next habit and the next habit. And so really, it's like the root of my problem was I was lonely, right? And I d- addressed that and then became so much easier to change everything else. Because a lot of like our unconscious spending is based on our emotions. And so if we can say, figure out, okay, what is that emotion? Is it that you're bored? Okay, can you find a creative outlet to give yourself something new to do? so you don't feel bored as much or you're sad. Can you find ways? Can you go to therapy? Can you start doing yoga? Can you find other ways to deal with your sadness? Like, what are you sad about? Can you process? Are you like, what are these things that you're feeling? And once you get to that root issue and deal with it, all of a sudden things start switching so quickly. Oh, absolutely. And how about you, Janice? What did, because uh, you had a moment of enough is enough, but was there anything in that particular time of your life that change that helped it? Or what do you think happened there? Yeah, so I think I just, 
you know, I think back to what I saw growing up with money and it was like just a constant cycle of lack, right? Like I come from, and I know most people that grow up in like Latino households, you're used to like the struggle. That's kind of our narrative, right? And so I think in a way I was trying to overcompensate for that as a child growing up without a lot. Like now I have all this money. Now I'm going to have all these things that I couldn't have before. I'm going to show off how hard I've worked. I'm going to make my family proud by buying all these expensive things because then they're bragging like, oh, look, you know, our daughter just bought this ridiculous house and like went to this expensive school and did all this stuff. And then I started realizing like, I don't even think I'm making these decisions for me because this is not something that is bringing me any kind of joy. And so when I started to really be honest with myself, you know, I started realizing like, why am I spending money to impress people? I don't even know. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Oh, I don't even care about and doing things that don't even make me happy. I totally relate that to that, Janice. Yeah, <laughs> that is powerful. You weren't making the decisions for you. And sometimes we don't realize that unless, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I think we not only do we not realize that we're not questioning it, we just kind of let it and leave it in the back of our head somewhere and go on with life. And sometimes we have to stop and address that. And that's what we don't do. I don't mm-hmm. think. Which leads me to the next question. I know you mentioned, Janice, that there's the narrative in Latino communities about not having enough, about the struggle. So what do you think as Latinas, what do you think makes money management more challenging and overwhelming? You mentioned already the narrative. Is there anything else that you feel Absolutely. I think a lot of it also has to do with just a lack of examples that we have to follow. There's a lot of people in personal finance, not a lot of them look like us, not a lot of them can relate to us and our particular stories. And just the, it's not the same, you know, you can't translate personal finance education and information to our audience. You have to make it relatable. And I, I've been getting so much feedback from people that listen to the podcast and say, like, This is the first time I'm hearing women that sound like me, that look like me, telling stories that I can relate to, and then offering solutions that actually resonate with me and my situation. So I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we create safe spaces for people to actually feel like there's a community out there that they can talk to and that they can share information and knowledge with and gain that information and knowledge, I think that that is going to make a big difference because then people are going to realize Wealth is not just for them, it's for us too. But you don't know that if you don't have access to that information in a way that resonates. I can't agree more, which is why I pivoted to her Dinero Matters. <laughs> That's a huge reason. And I still to myself, I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier? Because I've been podcasting almost five years. And even though I didn't even, even though on that podcast on Her Money Matters, I did address I was Latina. Never denied it. But why didn't I just start? I don't know. If, I guess I had to go through a journey myself t- until I was like, enough is enough. Like why? Th- there's a ton of personal finance podcasts towards directed towards women, right? And that's completely fantastic. But when it comes to the 
just uh, not niching down, but really to the different subgroups of women, whether Latinas, whether Asian, whether African-American, there's not as many. And you're right. I totally agree, which is why I did this is we need to, we, we relate and we pay attention to those that look like us, have similar stories, can talk about our abuelitas, the chanclas that are <laughs> thrown at us, all those things that we can relate to. Because I always say, you know, even though personal finance, how we do it is the same across the board. It doesn't matter if you're man, female, it doesn't matter what culture, it's the same because you're going to balance your checkbook the same if we do that. And <laughs> you're going to pay the bills the same, you're going to save the same, but it's really all about our story and how that impacts our perception and our relationship, which I know, Judy, you touched upon. So Judy, what do you think makes it more challenging for? Yeah, well, I I agree with Janice. A lot of what she says, uh, what she shared, I relate to. And so one of the things was growing up poor, I also felt like I was compensating for that. And so I was like, I have money, I'm rich now, <laughs> even though I was making maybe 40,000 a year, but compared to way <laughs> how I grew up, that to me was very, very rich. And so I was spending a lot of money buying the things that I couldn't have as a poor young girl. And then the other thing I would add is many women who are Latina had their parents immigrate here and come here very poor and stay are, are still poor. And so they're in this situation where they're making more than their parents. And this is something that I've experienced myself and have this stress of how are my parents going to retire? Am I going to be able to take care of them? And so I think that's like another level that um, women of color, that Latinas are more likely to experience than someone who's white, you know, for example. And so having that stress, like any level of stress in your life can make dealing with your finances hard because then you end up going towards the emotional spending. So having that extra level of stress can be hard because not only does that create more emotional spending, but it also just adds this other level of like, I have to take care of myself and am I going to have to take care of my parents? And so this double responsibility. So I think it's something that um, Latina women struggle with. Yeah. And for me, I think it's a lot of guilt where I had it easier. I did, even though I was born in Colombia, I didn't technically immigrate. My dad is white. My mom is from, you know, she's Colombiana. And so I was born with this privilege of having dual citizenship. So I think it was part that. I think it was uh, making more was also knowing the struggles that mi abuelita went through, knowing the struggles that my parents went through. And then on my husband's side, he's he's African-American. And knowing the struggles they went through. So I think a part of it, knowing that we were making more money and doing better, I compensated in in addition to the money story of growing up with not having much, right? I think I compensated in the just subconsciously with depleting our accounts and doing those crazy things that got us <laughs> nowhere <laughs> or didn't get as much. Work. But for me, it was just more about the guilt of like having more of being better off. Why, you know, me and feeling like I was, I didn't want them to think I was feeling that I was better than right. Mm -hmm. And in addition to, you know, I was born dual citizenship. So, and then on top of that, since my dad's white, I didn't have a Latina name and I still don't have a Latina name. <laughs> I have a complexion that may or not may not look Latina. 
to some. So it's that also there's so so many layers to that. It, it, it's yes. crazy. Wealth guilt is a real thing. Yes. It's absolutely a real thing. And I've definitely struggled with that. Just the feelings of why me? Why not them? Just the burden of the responsibility of knowing that you are going to have to be the one that lifts up the rest of your family. Because I mean, you're not going to let them flounder. That's just not what happens, right? right? And it has affected me in real ways. Like I am 35. I do not have children. And I have not decided what I want to do with that because I feel like if I have kids, how am I going to take care of my parents? Or how am I going to take care of my niece or my sister? And it's just, it's a lot, you know, it really affects like everything that you decide in life when you have that additional burden. So I totally agree with you, Judy. I think that that is a unique struggle and a unique burden that Latinas definitely face. Yes, I completely agree. Now, for that mujer that is listening right now, what is one simple change that you think she can make at this very moment to just manage her money more simply? So like what's one step or one change? I think you have to get real with yourself because change starts from the mind. You have to decide that you want better and then let that decision guide every future decision that you make with your money. We can make all types of goals and intentions, but if you're not actually working on the mindset, you're not going to accomplish it. So I would say that's where you have to start. You have to shift up there before anything else can change. And how do you do that? How would you do that? Because that can be said, well, change your mind. I am wealthy. (laughs) Right? So what what is one thing that you can do uh, or things, steps that you can take to change that? Yeah. So for me, I really had to start framing how I earned money in a different way. And instead of just looking at the dollar signs, I really started to ask myself, is this worth three hours of my life or however much it costs? Because once you start putting into perspective the money that you earn in a time scenario, right? Like, are those shoes worth uh, an entire workday? Is my time that invaluable? That for me was a game changer because I started looking at everything in my house, like how many hours, How many weeks, years of my life have I put into this? And like, it's sitting in a corner somewhere or it doesn't even matter. So uh, yeah, I would totally suggest think about the time that you spend earning that money and it'll probably shift the way you feel about how much it's actually worth. I agree. How about you, Judy? What is one thing? Yeah. So the one thing that really made a huge difference in my finances was switching to using cash for certain categories of my spending. So I tried using Mint and different apps and some people love those and some people that works really well. I had a little spreadsheet on my phone, but I just kept, especially for someone who's very busy, I would always forget to put it in every expense. I would you know, start it for like two days and, and then it would just all fall to crap. <laughs> And so when I started using cash for my eating out, my drinks, uh, I used to drink coffee. Now I drink tea. (laughs) Um, So my eating out, my tea and any like in-person shopping, like if I went to a bookstore or yeah, any anything like that, that made a huge difference because I didn't have to worry about tracking, you know, oh, did I go over my budget? It was just I either had the money or I didn't. (laughs) And it was a lot easier when I'd go up to, say, a coffee shop and I used to very easily get a tea and then get a cookie and then maybe a bag of chips. But when I only had $20 left for the week (laughs) or for even for like, say, two days, 
I'd be like, well, I know I want to go out to lunch with a friend tomorrow. I only have $20 left. Maybe instead of buying the tea and the cookie and the chips, I'll just buy the tea. (laughs) And that way I still have the opportunity to go to lunch with my friend tomorrow. And part of it, it actually became like a fun game. If I had two days left with no cash, I knew I would I would give myself more cash every week or every 15 days. I've switched off different methods. And so I knew, you know, I only have two days that I have to go without this cash and I get more cash <laughs> and then I'm good. Right. And then I can do that thing. So if I could just wait two days, I could go to that restaurant that I want to go to, or I could go buy that book that I want to buy. And so it didn't feel like I was withholding so much because I knew I could get what I want. I just might have to wait a couple of days for it. And so then it was a fun game of like, how can I go the next two days without spending money? What, how can I be creative with it? And instead of going out to eat with a friend, invite them over for breakfast or go to do a picnic with stuff I already have at home um, or invite people over for games. And so it like it started with just using cash and became this like fun game <laughs> that I would play. <laughs> Yeah, so you created a game. So I know, Jenny, as you mentioned, really how it starts in the mind. And then, Judy, you made a game for it. Now, I think one thing that I wanted to add, because I love those things, is also, especially when it comes to the mind, even though you may, like, for example, Jenny, you suggested to look at your what you're spending on and, and seeing how much time it takes you to work to, to really buy those things. And then making the decision, does that make sense for me, right? And I and that works. But I think another component that I have to, I still continuously to this day have to work on is catching what's going on in your mind. Because when you don't catch what's going on in your mind, you're going to continue to think and it just shifts your energy, shifts how you're thinking about money. And that's for me has been the biggest struggle is because I still have that struggle of coming back. Oh, we're not going to, we don't have enough when we're taking when in reality, is that really, because I have to stop myself and ask, is this really true? Is this really true? Because if I don't, because it, it, normally it isn't because we're taking actions to create that wealth, right? So I think that's really an important component. And I know, Judy, you mentioned that you went to you went to cash for certain things. And at the beginning of this, I'm like, no, cash. I can't, <laughs> I'm not accountable for you. I'm not accountable for cash. Cash is free money to me. I think for that, I think I just want to add that we just really need to know what works for us, right? And sometimes for cash, for some people, I mentioned earlier, it works and that's fine. So go trust your instincts. Trust your gut that you know what's best and just, and if you don't know what's best, try it. And if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work. And if it works, fantastic, stick to that. But just make sure that you don't just stop at one, uh, trying one thing. If it, if it doesn't work, just find something that really works for you. I really agree with that. Like with the people that I work with, I've had, I suggest some of them try cash and it just did not work. And I was like, that's okay. Cause the apps didn't work for me, but maybe the apps work for you. And so I say the exact same thing. I say, look, here are your options. There's multiple things that you can try. Now I want you to try one. If that doesn't work, move on to the next one. If that <laughs> until we find a system that works for you, because just because I like, I know plenty of people cash works great, but then I know plenty of people, it does not work. And so really it was finding the system that worked for me was the biggest thing. And that might not be the system that works for you. Right. Cause mint didn't work for me. I was like, 
I'm about keeping things simple. And if I have to take stay an hour to put all those darn expense, uh -uh, I'm just not doing it. And then and if it messes it up, and I'm like, Oh, no, I get mad, and I will probably want to throw the computer out. I just stick to an Excel spreadsheet, because that works for me. And it doesn't take as much time. So it's all about finding that. Oh, my goodness, this has been so fantastic having you ladies on. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoy talking to other Latinas that are out there to really help our Latino community get more educated to empower other Latinas in their finances and their money because we need more. We we need so we need you. So if you're interested, if you have a just some gut instinct that this is something I want to do, don't be afraid. Uh, just let, let go for it because we need more of you. That we're growing at such a rapid pace that we need more people that look like us, that talk like us. Just talk, yeah, I guess talk. We all have <laughs> accents. And if you talk to me, I have a different accent every day. Anyway, so I really, really, really appreciate your the conversation and your leadership and what you're doing in this space. Thank you. This was an honor to talk to you. I honestly like had no idea there were Latinas in personal finance until I found your podcast. So thank you for everything that you do and for leading that, that path. Wasn't that a fantastic conversation? I hope you enjoy learning from these mujeres as much as I enjoy talking with them. You can connect with Janice at YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com and with Judy at HearMeFinance.com. So make sure to check the podcast out for Janice and Judy's website. Connect with them, get to know them, and really learn from them as well. They have a lot of value to bring. Now, if you are having a hard time simplifying your dinero, let me help. I have some slots open with my office hours where in 20 minutes, I can help you simplify things for your specific situation. Yes, in 20 minutes. You can get the details and schedule your slot at jenhemphill.com forward slash office hours. Now, next week is the start of a new month, and we will be having a month-long celebration of this podcast because we will be celebrating five years. I just can't believe that. Five years. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank our guests for sharing all the wisdom that they had. You can check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 216. Now, don't forget to claim your reina crown. You can be the reina of your dinero starting today. You don't have to wait because essentially the choice is in your hands. You've got this, tu puedes, and you are resilient. Remember, just focus on controlling what you can control. I'm sending you abrazos through this mic. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.